Once again, good morning and uh, welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church. Uh, we're at a time of our praises, prayer requests, and uh, announcements. Uh, but before we do this, let's open in a word of prayer. Our most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we ask you to bless our time together, keep us safe, and Lord, may everything that we do here honor you. Lord, we lift up our, our hopes and our prayers to you. We thank you for the providence and the provisions that you gave us this week we ask you to continue to shine your mercy and your blessings upon us as we go forward <coughs> excuse me lord i ask you to open up your word to us today may everything said here be pleasing to you lord let us carry out your will for us for your kingdom in jesus name i pray amen um Announcements. February the 10th at 6 o'clock is the Valentine's Steak Dinner for 18 and older. $5 a person. Ladies, bring a bingo gift and a dessert. A great time for fellowship. Sign up sheets in the foyer. See Gene or Diane for more information. Okay, okay. 
the sign up sheet is coming around so if there's something you want to bring or whatever sign up for uh, fill out the sheet uh, school supply collection will go on until I think the 31st is Wednesday um, and so it'll end Wednesday are there any other announcements Praises and prayer requests. Um, I want you to add uh, or keep Corey Barber in your prayers. Corey's going to have surgery sometime today. Uh, uh, they finally run some tests and figured out that his gallbladder. So they're going to remove Corey's gallbladder. Uh, pray that uh, everything goes well there and also that he has a speedy recovery. Um, pray for uh, Michaela Webb. It's this Wednesday, uh, she has her second chemo treatment. Um, um, are there any other updates? Go ahead, John. Okay. 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 Yeah, Walter too. Yep. Amen. And then, um, and then we want to pray for everyone that's going on your mission trip. Travel mercy. Amen. Thank you. Uh, any other praises, prayer requests? The ministry in the end tomorrow, Rocky Quail Haven. The what now? The ministry in the end tomorrow. Oh, okay. Quail okay. Any other? Uh, go ahead, Jane. Well, I had the dates correct because remember, I said the last day to receive the things is Wednesday the 31st. I'm on it this week. I took my ginkgo biloba this morning. <laughs> What's that? Ray. Okay. Are there any others? Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Any other?
friend of mine, um, her name is Anne, and she just found out that she has a, a debilitating brain disease, and it's just uh, wreaking havoc on her. She's losing her ability to balance and walk and speak. Yes, ma'am. Any other? Any praises? We had a great movie tonight. Yes, we did. That was a good movie. Yep. It was just a good time everybody together. Yeah. Any other? Uh, Following back to the prayer request, if we'd add Renee onto the prayer request, okay. she's she's out uh, sick today. Um, just heavy, heavy cold symptoms. Okay. Any other? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. <coughs> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Lord, we come before you when we lift up these that were mentioned on the prayer list and those that weren't. Lord, you know each situation. We ask you to invade those situations, Lord, and let whatever happens be for your glory. Um, sometimes we pray and we forget to give you thanks for your works and for your answered prayers and Lord we don't want to do that uh, we lift up each one of these the unspokens the first responders uh, Israel Jerusalem our military the list goes on and on Lord we just lift them up to you those that are undergoing cancer treatments and those that are in the middle of cancer treatments and those that are facing um, debilitating diseases and Lord we just we ask you to to make your, 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 your presence felt to them let them rely upon you you are alive and you are active and Lord let us just just dwell on you you are our strength you are you are our shelter you are our fortress Lord we come before you and Clear away the things that are distracting us for the next little hour or so so that we can worship you wholeheartedly. That we can glean the things you would have us glean and apply them to our lives so that other folks can see you. Lord, we love you and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody, please, let's stand and sing our offertory hymn, hymn 68, Holy, Holy, Holy.
the saints adore thee, casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea. Cherubim and seraphim falling down before thee, who art and art and evermore shall be.
Well, once again, good morning. Um, if you have your Bibles, if you'll go ahead and, and turn to First uh, Timothy chapter 4. Um, last week, I, uh, I preached about how we could be cheating God. And this week, um, due to some conversations I've had through the week, uh, it led me to uh, answer a question. Uh, why did Jesus have to come in the flesh? Uh, that was one of the questions. Um, and so uh, there's four things I want to talk about this morning. And uh, first one is this man was a, was a sinner with no hope of salvation by his own works. And then the second thing, man was a religious being with no hope of salvation through his own religious efforts. The third being a man needed a pure object of worship which could interpose in his behalf, which could intercede, which could stand in his place. And only the Son of God in flesh could become the acceptable mediator and savior for mankind. And so with that... Uh, I'm going to base all this on 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 16. It says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I ask you to, to just continue to open this scripture up to us. Probably the most profound six little verses in the world or six little sentences. Lord, the, the, the whole gospel is wrapped up in this one verse. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Let me decrease and you increase. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Think about it. Man was a sinner with no hope of salvation. Uh, these verses were one time thought to be a hymn. Uh, this verse was because of the, the way and the rhyme of it. Uh, and it says, uh, without controversy. Think about this. When it says without controversy, uh, this is Spurgeon. I'm going to quote Spurgeon here. I suppose he means that there ought to be no controversy about these facts. The controversies have arisen concerning them and always will since the most self-evident truth will always find self-evident fools to contradict it. Spurgeon was a sharp man. He was sharp. Um, the wonderful summary of Christian truth is this right here in 3.16 of 1 Timothy. For without, should be without controversy for believers. Believers should not have any controversy about Christ. Not only not about him personally, but his character, his mission, his reason, his actions. We should not have any controversy about that. It is unfortunate when we claim to be, when those who claim to be Christians, think about it, when those who claim to be Christians Debate or deny the fundamental truths of the faith. You have pastors who have been world-renowned pastors to walking away from the faith, turning, disregarding certain things that we know is the gospel. 
and they expect their followers to follow them. What did the Bible tell us? That in the last days, what? People would turn away. They would become their own wisdom. They would become their own thought. See, God was manifest in the flesh. This is the essence of the incarnation. That God the Son, the second person in the Trinity, added to his deity humanity. Think about that. And was thus manifested in the flesh. What did 1 John tell us? What did 1 John tell us? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word did what? Became what? Flesh and dwelt among us. God put on flesh so that he could come and redeem his creation back to itself. These six little sentences contain the whole mystery of the gospel. I'm going to read them again. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, and believed on in the world, and received up in glory. That's the gospel. When you believe on Jesus Christ, what do you believe? When you come to salvation, what do you believe? Lord, I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe you died for my sins. Lord, I believe you were, you, you were put in the grave for three days. I believe you rose from the grave, ascended to heaven, and sit at the right hand of God until you'll return. And I ask you in my heart to be the Lord of my life. How painless is that? Very painless. So God was manifested in the flesh. He's justified in the spirit. We can say that Jesus was justified by the spirit, not in the sense that, that he was a sinner and needed to be justified, but in the sense that when they baptized him, it was proclaimed he was the son of God. The voice came from heaven. The spirit came down in the form of a dove and lit upon him. Everyone there heard that voice. It wasn't just a voice for him and John. Everyone there heard that voice. He was justified by the Holy Spirit. He always was. He was completely justified before the Father. Always has been. Him and the Father are what? One. See, Paul here is trying to get Timothy to understand and grasp the Trinity. And it's hard for us, for humans, to grasp the triune God. It's hard for us to understand that three things can be entirely different, operating different, but be the same in unison all the time. The declaration was made at his baptism in Matthew 3.16. And it was made at his resurrection in 1 Peter 3.18. 
In Acts 2, 32 to 33, he was justified. He was seen by angels. The ministry of Jesus both on earth and through the church is of great interest to the angelic beings. Think about this. Think about this. When Christ was born, maybe back up, back up farther than that. The angels told Adam, or not, well, told Abraham, that his seed would be as plentiful as the sands of the sea and as the stars in the sky. And he said that his seed would justify and bless the world. Out of Abraham's line comes David. Out of David's line comes Jesus. And he told David that his kingdom shall not perish from the world. As much as people have tried through the centuries to demolish and destroy the nation of Israel, it has survived. Survived even to this day. There's a day coming. There's a day coming. There's a day coming when it's going to be terrible on this earth. Sooner than later. We watched a movie Friday night that exemplified that. It's going to be terrible. People are not going to believe the truth. Today, people don't even believe the truth today. You know the term fake news? You ain't seen nothing yet. Because of this AI and all this, it's setting it up. The apostle mentions this to show the greatness of our religion since the noblest intellects are interested and they're interested in the angelic beings. Did you ever hear of angels hovering around the assembly of a philosophical person or society? Were there angels hovering around a Socrates? Were there angels hovering around Daniel and them? No, but God did shut the mouths of the lion. Jesus was in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they weren't prophets. Daniel was. All the prophets. Think of, what's the one they use now? Uh, Nilterdamas? No. No. Angels announced to Mary that she was going to conceive a child. The God we serve gave Sarah a child way after childbearing years. The God we serve parted the Red Sea. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He gave David the strength to, sl to slay Goliath. He killed the Egyptians firstborn. We serve an awesome God. That power is alive and well today. He tells us that we have an inheritance that is guaranteed by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. 
God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, and seen by the angels. And as we're doing this morning, and we've been doing for the last 2,024 years, we have been preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. And along the way, there are some completed Jews. It's our duty to preach the gospel. It's our duty to be able to explain why God came to earth. So, man was a sinner with no hope of salvation by his own work. We had to have somebody come and do it for us. Because what does the Bible tell us in Romans, I believe it is? Or Hebrews. Hebrews. It's Hebrews. The absolute best you have is like filthy rags. Go do a word search on that. The best, the absolute best. No man is without fault. If you sit here today and you think you're perfect, I, I need to pray for you. If you sit here today and think God has forgave you and therefore you can go on living your life any way you want to, I need to pray for you too. God forgave you so that you could be useful for his purpose, not yours. He bought you for a price. Now you understand the term when Paul says he was a slave to Christ. Our reward and our inheritance is greater than the damnation he saved us from, that we deserved. Man was a religious being with no hopes of salvation through his own religious efforts. Think about all the religions in the world. Think about through the, through the ages, all the sacrifices, all the burning of the baby, all the, whatever you want to call it. Ever how you want to believe, none of them will get you to where you want to go except there be a sacrifice of a perfect being. That perfect being having to be Jesus Christ. Why do you think they call him the Lamb of God? When they set up the temple and the sacrifices, what were they sacrificing? Bulls and lambs. And they wanted lambs. Why? Because they were spotless and pure. Christ was pure. He is pure. He is the definition of purity. The personification of it. And so all of our religious efforts were null and void. They could not get us there. Man needed a pure object of worship, which would intercede on his behalf, which would stand in his place. I don't think we really understand the depth of Christ's sacrifice for us. I don't think we really understand how much it cost him. Our most primal evil thought and passions hung him on the cross. Our most purest thoughts and passions hung him on the cross because we were sinners. Why do you think he tells us not to boast? We can't boast because all of us came to the cross the same way. Sinners. Aren't you blessed to death that there's no degree of sin? The little white lie is the same thing as a great big lie. The results are the same. Death. Still in a paper clip or still in a million bucks. The same is the same. 
speaking evil of somebody, starting rumors, false testimony. It's the same. It's the same as somebody going out and, and suing you illegally and you lose. It's the same, death. Go down to Ten Commandments. Looking at women. Guys, I know. He gave us eyes. It's okay to look at them, but you can't dwell on it. Can't dwell on it. If you dwell on it, he said you've already committed adultery in your heart. Same goes for the ladies. Y'all don't need to be hanging up them Chippendale calendars. the same thing you've already committed adultery in your mind if you're coveting your neighbor's wife not only his wife his job his, his success if you can't be glorified and help glorify your neighbor when he succeeds then you're coveting it you wish you had what he had. That's wrong. You got what you got. God has given you exactly what you need. What you need. If I'm not a millionaire, it's because I can't handle it. He's given me exactly what I need. Do I long for more? Absolutely. But I have what I need. Think about this. He has blessed me with a roof over my head. He's blessed me with a little bit of land to put that roof on. He's blessed me with heat and air. He's blessed me with a, with a profession. He's blessed me with automobiles to drive to get me where I need to go. He's blessed me with a congregation that loves me. He's blessed me with a family that loves me. I'm blessed beyond measure. I'm most blessed because the Savior and the, of the universe, the creator of the universe, knows my name. He has a place cut out in heaven for me. This is not a... This is not a feel bad story. This is a deal. We should all be jumping up and down and praising amen. I'm going to heaven. And nothing can stop me. And Christ was so good about the way he set it up that you can't stop you. Once you have been saved, you can't stop you. See, Jesus, when he hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. That's it. There's nothing else you need to do. Believe on him. That's it. Boom. Done. Then you find out the depth of love and you find out why we do the things we do as a church. It's not out of obligation. It's out of love. Look, he loved me. He loved me so much he took my place on the cross. He took your place on the cross. He was... The pure object of worship which could substitute for us. That's him. 
And the only God in the flesh could do that. He was the only acceptable sacrifice and mediator available to ever have been and to ever will be. Didn't have to be this way. But our ancestors decided to not listen, kind of like our children, kind of like we were when we were children. We didn't listen. In fact, my mom told me I was so hard-headed, she's surprised I could hear anything. I was a boy, 100%. Dirt under the fingernails and behind the ears. I did listen some. I was not 100% obedient. To this day, I'm not 100% obedient. But I'm saved by the grace of God. My father still chastises me. My father still corrects me. And when he doesn't seem to be able to get through to me, he uses my associates and my friends and my family to straighten me out. Do I like it? Absolutely not. But it's for my own good. See, only the Son of God in the flesh could become the acceptable sacrifice. Only Christ. That's why the Bible says there's no other name under the Son by which men are saved. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life, no one comes to the Father except through me. I said, oh, that's not very inclusive. No, it's not. It's very exclusive. You have to accept and proclaim Jesus Christ verbally. Verbally. You have, because if you don't announce him publicly, he will deny you publicly. Are we, are we announcing him publicly? Think about this. We are to be made, God is to be made manifest in us. His goodness, his holiness. Every morning when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see a picture of Jesus? What does that picture in the mirror look like? Are the characteristics of Christ being manifest in you? Are they being manifest in you? Are you ashamed to look at the picture in the mirror? Remember, we're supposed to be becoming holy because he's holy. We're supposed to be putting on the attributes and the characteristics of the good fruits. We're supposed to be displaying them. <clears throat> what does that look like? When you look in the mirror, where are you at? Is there still some pieces of the puzzle missing? Only you can answer that. I can't answer it. Or is it a refined, polished, beautiful masterpiece standing there? When you look into the mirror, you see the reflection of the Son of God. Have we hindered the work of the Spirit in our body? Have we closed off rooms in our heart? Have we not gave him access to the whole temple? Have we only left him on the porch? 
Only you can answer these things. I cannot. I can answer them for me. Believed on in the world. The gospel's being preached around the world as we speak. This little message here is going around the world. We have no idea who's going to hear it and who's going to see it. But I know it's reaching the far corners of the world because we get a report. We're in 49 states. 49 of the 50 United States. Deep Creek Baptist Church has been viewed in this United States. We are in 26 countries around the world. That's a lot for a little old church at 1995 Linden Road, Aberdeen, North Carolina. And when you see one, say, in Pakistan, you don't know how many people are around that one device. If you've never been to a third world country, there may be 30 people sitting around listening to a cell phone or a, or, or a tablet. And then they'll start writing those things down and try to get back to it. So that, just so you know, that little $50 a month that we spend for sermon audio, they've recorded and those, those sermons are out there. Every sermon that we've had posted since we started with sermon audio is out there. They can find it. There's a history. All they got to go is Deep Creek Baptist Church. Click on it and the sermons and there they are is a list of them. Technology is a great thing when it's used properly. But we're doing what we're called to do. We're spreading the gospel. We're going to get to heaven and people are going to say, thank you. Thank you for supporting Deep Creek Baptist Church. And you're going to have no idea who they are. Because of your support, I came to Christ in Ethiopia or India or Bangladesh. Who knows? Who knows? There's a world out there that is starving, starving for the gospel. Because they found out that the godless world ain't working. There's no hope in it. And you've never lived until you've looked into the eyes of a child with no hope. When their eyes look through and past you. It's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And a little old five cent toy will brighten their eyes up like you've never seen. This is what it's about. This is about, and it's received up in glory. Christ was received in glory. <clears throat> Think about this. When one person comes to Christ, there's a celebration in heaven. Now, when you go to the book of Revelation and you see the throne room and there's cherubim and the cherubim and, there's, and then they all fall down and holy, 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 Lord God Almighty and the incense. 
That goes on all the time. That goes on all the time. Just wait until you're in that choir. Wait until you're part of that. Wait until you're part of that. We're supposed to be living down here, preparing ourselves for up there by sharing the gospel. Think about this. I want you to think about this. Who do you know needs to hear the gospel? It doesn't matter what they think if you give it or not. Who do you know right now needs to hear the gospel? It is 2024. It is time for us to hit that door back there and hit the mission field. Each one of us needs to, between now and the time I come back from, from Guatemala, we need to make a list of three people. Three people. And we're going to pray them three people to salvation. Some of them may come right away. Some of them may come way after we gone. But we're going to pray them to salvation. Three people. Pray for those every day, salvation. And then what we'll do is we'll get together and we'll combine a list and we'll all have a list and we'll pray for everyone on the list. We do that every Sunday. We, we have a prayer list over here every Sunday for those that are sick, those that are needing prayer, those that are going through troubles. There's no bigger trouble than going to hell. We should have a, a salvation list to pray for. Who in here today needs salvation? Who in here today has doubts about where they're going? I can stand here and promise you without a shadow of a doubt, I know I'm going to heaven. Can you make that statement without any doubt? Can you freely stand there or sit there today and say, I'm good, Pastor. I know where I'm going. I'm going to see you there. Amen. If you can do that, more power to you. If you cannot, you need to get right today. Today is the day. Because one day soon, the door of that ark is going to close. And there will be no more salvation. Because as we've seen Friday night, it's going to be very, very complicated for people to come to the Lord and survive after the rapture. And I know that's controversial too. But I'm not going to be left behind. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your mercy and your blessing. God, I ask you to let no one leave this building today with any doubts about their salvation. Lord, I ask no one at home or watching or anywhere in the world that hears this message to not hit their knees and proclaim you as their Lord and Savior. That they beg you for forgiveness that you would enter their heart, that you would forgive them and save them, and they would become yours. Lord, that's our message, that's our mission. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.